0: Hello and welcome to the Marketing Retro Podcast where Josh and Adrian talk out marketing topics on their mind. What's on your mind this week, Adrian?
1: Yeah, so hi Josh. My this week, it's been interesting. My inbox has been very interesting. I thought it would be a good thing for us to talk about. Um I, being a marketer in the marketing community, right, you really pay attention to the companies that you like, the companies that you invest in, in their marketing strategies. And one of the most like obvious in my faces, in my face is companies marketing strategy, I should say, is their newsletter approach, right? Like how they email, what kind of newsletters they use, the cadence. And I've noticed this trend where I'm either getting 900,000 emails a day, a week from one company. Like they are consistent. Mm -hmm. They're on it. Almost.
0: They're (laughs) just assaulting you.
1: (laughs) Assaulting me. It's like way too much. Like if I'm seeing you in my inbox four times a day, like, no, I'm done. Um, Or, you know, I purchase a product or I get on a wait list and I get nothing. And to the point where it's like, I would kind of like to hear from you just a little bit. I'd like to see Mm -hmm. like what's going on. What's the status of, my thing if we're on a wait list or what's the status of like you as a company? Cause I am a user. So I feel like I know there's balance. There are companies who do it really, really well, but it's these extremes that I notice and that I'm just like, you know, what is that intention? And then also like, I'd love to hear from you and your perspective because you run a B2B SaaS, you guys do marketing. Um, you know, where do you stand as far as, A proper cadence and just a newsletter philosophy, I guess you could say.
0: Sure. Sure. I my first gut to say is it's all about the people behind, right? Like so Mm. what does the team look like? Because that's where I it immediately strikes a chord for me and the things we've done just because we have been that company that's been all over the board. I wouldn't say we've assaulted anyone. I think at the most our cadence unintentionally might've been a couple in a week only because you might get crossed over from multiple uh, areas. So it could yeah. be like, there's a marketing newsletter that says, Hey, here's a blog and a product update. And then you also that week happened to hit that cadence. Well, you hit that cadence initially, because let's say you signed up for a demo and you had the call and then you're getting emails potentially from the salesperson or maybe some automated sequences that they they also have involved Um, In addition to the marketing one happened to kick off that week. Um, In addition to there's an intercom message on Mm. uh, about a product update. So it could appear that you could have caught, get caught caught up in a assault (laughs) of potentially like three or four that week. Um, But we do try to plan that in mind. And the challenge is most of the time it's different departments and different teams that are, Trying to achieve different things, right? You have the marketing team probably trying to overall like have air cover, essentially. So, like, there's a monthly cadence or a weekly cadence of an email newsletter um, for just some general knowledge. Hopefully, Mm -hmm. something on a topic that is a little more broad and top of funnel, um, but also you know targeted enough that it makes sense that you're getting from that brand. And it's definitely something we've struggled with on that. And we could go into that a bit, but. That's probably largely how I think about it is those teams. And the biggest reason there could be a total dearth is, hey, we uh, you know, didn't have anyone, the person that was writing that newsletter uh, left the company or mm-hmm. has moved on to a different job because they didn't really like writing the newsletter and they were doing it for a while or there was a manager change. You, know, you can see how much there's turnover in marketing teams and things like that. Yeah. Something that got lost in the weeds and they just picked up where other people left off, you know, so.
1: Yeah, true. Absolutely. And I've seen that at least with much larger, like enterprise level companies and maybe not huge enterprise, but when you get large enough where there are multiple teams that are really emailing and communicating, I've noticed that companies are putting in like a communications layer above all of that. And they kind of say like, okay, if you want to communicate to people on our list, you got to come through us. And so that way we can identify like who gets it, when they get it. Um, But obviously that's not necessarily common for B2B SaaS companies. And so, but when you're thinking about creating a newsletter, what are some of the things that you put into consideration?
0: Sure. So we'll specifically kind of target that, that marketing side that I was saying, you know, with what I believe their best value is producing you know, having air cover. So it's sort right. of not getting in the weeds with the salesperson or the product per se, but keeping it beat so that when someone maybe tries to buy or or is interested in buying, but they realize it's the wrong time and they're just kind of kept on a cadence of like, Hey, here's just because you had interest in refer rock at some point, we'd love to just keep you updated in a low, like a low, low rhythm, low cadence way yeah um, and try to stay essentially top of mind right so when it does come time you're thinking about that or maybe there was a feature release that did draw your interest or it's just reminding the the end user that we exist and we're out here and and that type of thing so we've tried to do it in different ways and I would say yeah. if I I went back and looked through the history um our probably our strongest streak was when we tried to create this, newsletter idea called, uh, word of mouth uncovered.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. And it had very aspirational, uh, I would say (laughs) things. And we realized like, Hey, we wanted to talk about different brands and different companies and even like smaller brands and smaller things that were just like interesting from a word of mouth perspective Mm
1: -hmm. and wanted
0: to sort of build into this, like story about i think we did one on like where did spike ball come from and we sort of like a story type of thing and then we try to end it with like what is the what made it have some sort of strong word of mouth was it like the brand was it uh a service play was it just like an interesting mm-hmm. like for spike ball it was like an interesting sport that like people didn't see before but you could do in a small backyard so it kind of had a a viral product aspect to it. So
1: I like that. Word of mouth, especially being referral rock. You're trying to, you know, create referrals, word of mouth referrals. That's cute. That definitely has a a good lean. So thinking if you're are you thinking about like relaunching a new newsletter thing, what are the kind of considerations you have to have, especially when you're a whole company? Like what I consider for myself, my newsletter changes quite frequently, right? Like the tone can change, the Everything, all of it, can But when you're a company, you kind of want to create a little bit more consistency, um, and at least something that they can predictability. I would say. Mm-hmm. So, what what are your thoughts about like the how do you how do you create predictability and consistency inside your newsletter?
0: Um, so that I guess that's where <laughs> I started with this. This was an idea, and I it did a take amount of planning of trying to think, how far does the apple fall from referral rock to make it relevant? Right. Mm-hmm. So. And I would say it was like lukewarm results because I think it was probably too far and it mm. made it challenging to continue to write because we oh, needed yeah. different people that just wanted to write these topics. We needed people to find the topics and then someone to write it. Um, and it, it just became challenging because it just like the results weren't necessarily there. People would read it and it was kind of like, but it really didn't have enough of a resonance with Referral Rock itself. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and ultimately, yeah, it's just like looking at the results, it just sort of ran out of steam. And we're just kind of like, meh, <laughs> you know, it's a, at a certain point. Uh, yeah, I don't know how many we ended up doing. I think we did it for about a year, maybe about oh wow. two, three years ago.
1: That's really consistent a whole year.
0: Yeah, and then we had a blog on it too, so it was like there was wordofmouthuncovered.com. dot com. I think I have it redirected now to referral rock or something, but we wrote the articles and hoping to get some SEO traffic. So we tried to like double dip a little bit in terms of like here are the stories that could be interesting and might someone might find it. But again, yeah. if someone is Google searching, you know, the origin story of Spikeball, right? <laughs> they're they're le- highly not likely to become a referral rock customer. And that was sort of evident like, okay, this is too top of funnel. This is too Mm. like out there, not even in the funnel. Um, Yeah. So, uh, and then then across that, then we tried to be like, okay, well, really what we want to do is have a way to tell people about some product updates. So we just started changing it to just be sending out product updates. And the challenge with that is depending on the cadence with the product team, and sometimes you have a big release that takes three months to do Yeah. sometimes they're small things and it ended up resulting with not matching our internal cadence in terms of who would want to write it and who to, who is remembering to write it consistently. So if you look at the afterward of mouth uncovered ended, it's like there might've been an average of like four newsletters a year, which mm-hmm. I think at that point, someone gets one of those in their inbox and it's kind of like, what is this? It's not yeah. frequent enough yeah. um, that it would, it was, and, and I'll be honest, like we haven't sent one in, uh, I don't know, probably at least six months, maybe longer. So it's yeah. the- <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's hard. I mean, it's, it's hard to stay consistent. And I'm sure, like you mentioned, there's a lot of nuances with like turnover and people working and like, who's going to hold it responsibly and who's going to be the person in charge. Um, And then just what do you write about? I think one of the things that I like to think about is what is our like one priority? I think your newsletter should only do one thing. And then, so it's like, what's our one main priority? What are we going after? Does it need to be? And usually in my experience, and what I would suggest is the newsletter should be like brand awareness. It's going to be really hard to do like a hard sell, very bottom of the funnel type stuff. Um, But creating, like you said, creating consistently without going so far top of the funnel. I think it's a tricky, it's a tricky balance and it's something that, um, you know, some brands get right. I think everybody's kind of following the marketing brew tone now, at least, you know, like some news updates and very curated newsletters. I think curated newsletters are probably, I don't want to say they're easier, but, it's not coming up with original ideas, right? You just kind of have a topic, you go out, you find the topics and you share the topics with your people. Um, I kind of like them though. What do you think? What Do you notice the difference between when you're actually creating new ideas every single week or curating on those new list- newsletters?
0: I mean, I think you're right. It's hard to cr- come up with original stuff every week and you're already kind of manning a blog and other content in yeah. other areas. And also you just don't want to, I think, like you said, too low in the funnel, like I can't do a newsletter, that is just referral marketing, like there's not enough. There's not enough yeah. there to consistently, hey, here's what's new in referral marketing. Not much like yeah. <laughs> we're doing this and some of our competitors are doing this or, you know, there might be sign- You know, some type of news thing that could be relevant. But who knows? It's like, oh, hey, this fintech company had cited that, you know, they had a internal referral program that led to you know 30% of their you know new new users like that's interesting but like i don't think someone wants to hear us beat that drum consistently to stay aware yeah. so i do like the curation one and and that's probably the one i've been leaning more on and and researching like trying to get the, get the combination of what can we do consistently what can we do to add value and what can okay. we do to Add some of our own personality to it. And it doesn't have to be the whole long newsletter. Maybe it's just like the intro and it's just like it comes from a person, has a little bit of a topic that is just sort of relevant or kind of plays in with whatever got curated that week. Um, But I do think the curation is strong just because you can hold attention longer. You can there's always good stuff going on and you just have to pick a couple lanes that probably makes for some consistency on topic. Yeah. And you're not talking about yourself. Like, cause that you don't want right. it to come across salesy. Like you said, it just needs to be, keep awareness that we're here. Hey, this is our vibe. This is what we're doing. Don't forget about us. But hopefully we, some of the areas we're thinking about and researching and, and, and w- are interested in writing about that is, Close to topic, not so far like Spikeball,
1: <laughs> right?
0: Um, you know, so so that, that's kind of what we're trying to do. And um, yeah, I've been doing a lot of reading on other ones, and and that seems to be what users uh, appreciate, other marketers yeah. especially. So,
1: yeah, absolutely. Um, I like it because it allows me to not only just stay on topic like understand new trends understand what's going on in the industry or wherever we're whatever the client is working on um but also to share internal stuff with the client like at the end it can be like oh by the way we dropped a new blog post or we have a new ebook or there's a podcast or like so and it never feels pushy or at least it doesn't to me when i'm the reader right like so Mm -hmm. I, i i follow actually a lot of curated newsletters like the brew, all of the brew ones, the stacked marketers, um, contentful, but that's Tracy Wallace has a good one. And that's not even the curated newsletter. She's like coming up with meaty stuff, but it has different topics within it. So it feels like it's not just one topical newsletter. Um, anyways, that's kind of a, a digression, but, they're interesting for me to read, right? So I'm not just like sitting there feeling like I'm reading a blog post that entered into my inbox. I'm actually like, oh, that's a cool little tidbit or oh, that's a neat little study and a cute fact or, oh, wow, what a cool product if it's d to C. Um, I feel like that as a reader is a much more enjoyable experience, than, hey, here we have a new event and this is what we're doing. And it's all about the company themselves. Like nobody wants to read that. I don't care what you've got going on internally in your company. Like, you know, That has nothing to do with me. Um, Tell me something cool. Like, give me something interesting or entertain me. Like, if you're going to come into my inbox, which is precious space, right? Like, (laughs) it's not like I'm just scrolling through social media. You're now in, I know, it almost feels like you're in my home. So, you know, let's have a conversation back and forth, not like just a one-way talk about yourself and your own company. Um, So what are some plans? What are your goals? Like, if you wanted to kind of, put some things out there with referral rock and your newsletter that you're working on, how, how would you go about that? How would you create newsletter goals?
0: Uh, well, first we're trying to just design the system, like, so we can keep up with it. So we're thinking mm. about what is the cadence going to be? What are the things we do want to have in there and probably like much lower in the area. So again, to, to get that precious inbox attention, uh, we yeah. do want to, you know, provide value. So that's where potentially the curated part, potentially uh, parts about it it does come from, like I said, a real person. So it's not just like rock marketing, you know, Um, I think having a consistent voice of a person would be helpful. And I think makes a lot of sense. And I don't know, we've been one of the, we have one idea and you could tell me, I'm trying to like, trying to think of a theme. And one of them is, I think there's a constant um, argument that comes up with like brand brand marketing versus performance marketing, mm. and I kind of think like what's like referral marketing and word of mouth kind of for me like sits across both because it can be considered performance and paid like because yeah. you're you're doing attribution and you are you know there there is a cost per lead or user acquisition cost kind of calculation that goes on to the performance side. But mm-hmm. then it also is about being on brand and like customer advocacy and all of those other parts that are much more brand. So I did have a working title idea, which is like, and I don't know, does a newsletter even need a title?
1: I think so. I do. <laughs> okay. I think it does.
0: So I was kind of thinking of it, it just having it. So you see it in your inbox, right? So that has, you're competing with other things in your inbox and it would be the initials for the newsletter would be um, BMP, which is like brand meets performance or something like that. And so at least you could have that as the acronym, but it's not super long, like the growth, such and such, such and such newsletter. And then you have no room for a subject line. So it would just be like BMP. Um, Maybe it would have a number. I don't know. I'm undecided on that type of thing. Like, yeah. Issue number four, I don't I don't know if that's really even that necessary, but at least so it has like your eyeballs see it and it's like, oh, I like that one or I don't like that one. I'm going to avoid it. Um, but that's kind of the working idea. And it would talk about things both on the brand side and the performance mm-hmm. side. You know, word of mouth and all of that thing was a little too far above where we tried to do the stories. But um, I think that gives us some latitude with multiple topic areas um it could talk about b2c stuff could talk about d2c could talk about yeah you know all all of those what do you think of that yeah
1: i love it actually i used to have the the meets idea um you know when you introduce someone in your inbox and you're like joe meet adrian and you do the uh the alligator less than greater than you know together Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. i loved that i did it when i had a newsletter a long time ago a few years ago um human behavior meets marketing so I was taking all these human behavior studies and like showing how I reflected in marketing. Um, but I just like the idea of that, like really informal, like, oh, I want I want you to to see or to meet this. And um, I don't know, I think it looked good in the inbox. And um, it's just kind of an interesting people like, oh, what is that? Yeah, let's let's see how these two things come together. Um, I think the title is great. I think the idea is really cool, too, because then you have a much broader like you, like you said, we said before, you don't want to run out of things to talk about, right? Like when you're really committing to being consistent, or sharing ideas, you need to kind of think of something that has enough topics in place. And so what I like to do before I even begin a newsletter, if I'm creating one like this, um, is sit down and come up with like 24 topics. And if I know mm-hmm. if I can have 24 topics to share, then more ideas will kind of come. Um, And then at least I know, you know, especially like at my cadence, I usually would do uh, two a month. I do biweekly kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's um, the least you want to do, probably, unless you're just kind of doing a newsletter of like whenever I have something to say, but that's more that doesn't work well. Yeah, I I I like twice
0: a month. That feels like a good cadence to get started with. And then if I like the idea of, you know, you mentioned, you know, different subjects or different topics already just having some inspiration, even if it's just for that First title section right or just first you know maybe two three paragraphs in the beginning to just have that personality piece of what that one's about and then like some curated links either woven in or sections on the bottom but i like that Mm because i feel like yeah you have and you could see does your does your idea bucket start to run down right? right and almost like should i change it do i have enough to keep up with two or is it actually overflowing and how much of a lift would it be to turn into a weekly one. Um, right. And if, if we have enough there or we're getting enough, like, you know, material that it doesn't feel stressed on the side of trying to produce it, you know, every week or, you know, but but I think you're right. Two weeks is good because not everyone's going to open every one of them. Right. And if you probably go for more than a month or so, then they're like, who who is this? Right. So within two, the chances of at least, like, passing the eyeballs of seeing one or two and not necessarily opening them, that's okay too, but- um, that, that feels like a good start.
1: Yeah. I like that start for me. And then, um, if you're able to like brainstorm the, what I've found is if in an hour I can brainstorm and I've got like 50 topic ideas, then I know I'm in a good spot, but I also know I could probably narrow it down a little more niche. Um, if I come up with 24 ideas in set amount of time, then I'm like, okay, this is, this is probably good. At least now I know I've got a year's worth of ideas if I come up with nothing else. Um, but something mm-hmm. else always comes up, right? Like you at least right. know the topic has meat and it's something that you're interested in and it makes sense. Um, right. And I just like to be pre-planned and pre-prepared. So I batch it. Like I do as many newsletters, as many as I can, um, especially when I'm working with brands or when I did it before uh, in advance so that I feel like, mm-hmm. okay, we've got this going, like it's going to be consistent. um, And that kind of gives you that space and that time that if you do fire or like somebody leaves the company or there's turnover, you're like, okay, well we've, we've got seven weeks in the backlog. So we'll be able to find somebody else. We've got time to, um, you know, put the people in place to keep this going. Um, I mean, you know, that's a similar way we do the podcast. That's like how I like to work is like really have good, strong backlogs. So that way, you're not sitting there on Monday and your newsletter goes out on Tuesday and everyone's like, crap, got to put this thing together. Like it's just right. always done.
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. So you did one last question before we wrap up, but you mentioned about, you know, wanting to be entertained and all of these other pieces. And so do you think within that theme, um, could there be like a comedy angle? I don't know if there is, I don't think, I'm all that funny, maybe sometimes, but not enough. But yeah. I did meet um, uh, Leanna Patch. Do you know? Yeah, her? I like, love right, Leanna. I, yes. So I met her in person this past week uh, at the retreat I went to, and so it got me thinking. And I don't know why. I was just like, "Ooh, I wonder could my you know I already had this concept brewing of our newsletter and what the theme could be, but uh, but I was like, could that be? I don't know if that's like. If that's going to be a stretch, maybe she knows. I should probably ask her about it. But I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Are are there ones you know that kind of consistently have that sort of
1: entertainment
0: in a newsletter?
1: So uh, I think like I keep mentioning Morning Brew, but that's just because they're daily in my inbox. Mm -hmm. It's a part of my routine which is another important thing to kind of realize they've become a part of my routine. Um, they're not like funny, funny. They don't, but they've got like smart alecky little quips and their tone is that way. I think if it is your tone everywhere, like if I, if you come into my inbox and you're kind of smart alecky or sarcastic or funny or whatever, um, you do. I actually have worked with Leanna before. She has a quiz that will tell you what your sense of humor is. And Mm -hmm. that's really fun. Like you can go through that. Um, but if it's consistent across the brand. So if you're coming into my newsletter and you're a little smart-alecky or a little sarcastic, I should expect to go to Referral Walk's website and see a little bit of smart-alecky, a little bit of, you know, sarcasm. Um, it should be in the blog post. I think it should just be consistent throughout the brand. Funny to me is hard to do. And I think that's why people like Lianna are so successful because she's figured out how to do it well. Um Right. For me, it's really challenging. Like I can throw a little pun in there. Then one of the brands that I work with, um, on, as a content lead and really doing their content strategies, they're they're kind of sarcastic, a little crass, um, not so funny, but just like, slap. I don't know how you would explain it. A little sarcastic is probably the best I can say. Okay. Um, and so we'll do a little like one-liners, but it's very lighthearted. It's very light throughout the newsletter. It's not like constantly every other lines like a joke or anything like that. So right. um, it, you know, it is, it's tricky and it's, I think, it, but I think the most important thing is it'd have to be consistent. Don't come into my inbox with one tone of voice. And then I go to your website and you're like straight B2B mm, you right. know, looking like this. I think it would need to be across the board.
0: Right. Right. Interesting. I'll, I'll, I'll reach out to her, see what she thinks. There's definitely some vibes we've had with our own stuff. Like I have this character, uh, called Ampi that I think he's in our chat bot thing, but we don't really use it that much. Um, He's a little amplifier. It kind of is almost poking fun at like Clippy, like with the old oh, yeah. uh, word doc thing. So he's like yeah. an amplifier and his whole job is to amplify word of mouth, but we have a page about it. So there is some of that, but I don't know. I Yeah. I don't know if the tone will get, especially with B2B if that just, if that can be woven in or if that's just too far of a stretch, if it's like, Oh, we trust you with our, you know, data and certain things like that, but who knows? Um, we'll see. But maybe it's a good question for the, for our, our listeners. Yeah. Um, let us on, know. Yeah. What do you think of that? Maybe. Do you, what newsletters are your favorite? I'd love to hear in the, in the comments of like what B2B newsletters have done this type of thing. Well, that you do open just for the sake of like, Hey, I, I, I love what they do and I just know of them and I probably will never buy from them, but that's okay too. So.
1: Yeah. I, I have those too as well where I'll read and like it, but it's definitely, um, it may not be a customer for sure. Um, Yeah. Really curious to hear from our folks. And um, I think that is all we have today. So thanks so much, Josh.
0: Awesome. All right. Talk to you later. Audrey. Bye. Bye.